If you remain in my world, you in my word, you will truly be my disciples, and you will know the truth, says the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, Lord. Someone approached Jesus and said, Teacher, what good must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus answered, Why do you ask me about the good? There is only one who is good. If you wish to enter into life, then keep the commandments. He asked him which ones, and Jesus replied, You shall not kill, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these have I observed, what do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you wish to be perfect, go. Sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the young man heard this statement, he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Amen, I say to you, it will be hard for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and said, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For men, this is impossible. But for God, all things are possible. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. My mother's first movie in a movie theater was Old Yeller. She used to talk about it and how deeply impactful the end of the film was on her as a little girl in the theater. I think a lot of us remember our first movie, or at least the first movie we can remember, and it typically had a sort of oversized impact on us. That's the reason the memory took. So it might have actually been our fourth or our fifth movie, but it was the first time a movie really grabbed us. And of course, movie houses mimic uh, the architecture of churches on purpose, so that the door of the movie house, much like the door of the church, marks an entryway. Once you step in, you're designed to be in another world for an hour or two. And once you come in, everything changes. The light's different, the furniture's different, the shadows cast differently. Sound is deliberately manipulated uh, differently than, out, than outside. The lobby of the theater and the, the theater itself, the narthex or the gathering space of the church and the nave and the sanctuary, these are, these are different by design. Just as the first time we saw a movie or even a particular movie and the way that it impacted us is something that we wind up sharing with family, dad's favorite movie, mom's favorite movie, that kind of thing. So also in the faith, we have these, these favorite moments or these moments when, when someone encountered something for the first time. The reason that the church gives us this passage from the Gospel of St. Matthew is because as St. Athanasius records the life of St. Anthony, a person he actually knew, 
the first kind of real saint's biography that we have, at least in the ordinary sense, he tells us that it was this passage of St. Matthew that convinced St. Antony to give away his possessions and live as the and live as the father of monks. Now, when we say he's the father of monks, this doesn't mean precisely that he was the first. We're told that Antony leaves everything to go out into the wilderness to join monastics who are already there. But Antony's own natural gifts for organization and administration made him uniquely suited to bring what were largely a disparate group of hermits living out in the desert into something like a meaningful community. And he ultimately laid the foundation for what would become monasticism in the way we would recognize it in the West under St. Benedict and, <clears throat> and in its Eastern expression in St. Basil. For us, though, we should find ourselves listening to the gospel as though for the first time, just like Antony, all those many centuries ago. Someone approached Jesus and said, Teacher, what good must I do to gain eternal life? Jesus points out, you can't. It's not good that you do that possesses eternal life, but there are commandments you need to keep. And then he lays out the biggins, right? You shall not kill, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. And the young man probably honestly says, these I've kept, at least the biggins, right? So he's not killing or committing adultery or stealing or lying in habitual ways. He's doing his best to honor his father and mother. He's even trying to love his neighbor as himself. And yet that restless desire in his heart for eternal life, the restless desire for God can't be abated. And so Jesus gives the sagest advice in the whole history of the world. If you would be perfect, go. Sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. See, the mistake that most of us make here is listening to this and going, well, there's some people that do that. Monks, nuns, uh, friars, sisters, the, 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 the religious of the church, they're the ones that make vows of poverty. The rest of us need money to make the world go round, and so we can't afford to give away everything we have. And yet, I know my own experience, and I think the collective wisdom of the church here would say, well, evangelical poverty of the sort that belongs to religious is important in the life of the church. That doesn't let the ordinary layman or the ordinary parish priest off the hook. What we're called to do is something very much the same, which is to give away as much as we can so that we're left with as little as possible and therefore are forced, forced, to rely on God. That's ultimately what poverty is about. Just as Christ learned obedience by what he suffered, putting himself in a position where he could suffer for our sake, so we also must learn obedience by what we've suffered. We must cling, like St. Francis would centuries later, to Lady Poverty. We must know her as the queen who will bring us to the king who will supply all our wants. It's no accident that St. Athanasius was both so instrumental in the creed, the defense of Christ's divinity, and wrote the first real biography of a saint. For the surest testimony to Christ's divinity are not the treatises of the doctors, but the lives of the holy ones. <laughs>